Welcome to the Daryl Smith Podcast Show. Our voices, our views, our generation. Let's conversate. Hello again, and welcome everybody to another installment of the Daryl Smith Podcast Show. And I want to first of all thank everybody again for listening to the podcast, like always. I also want to let everybody know, if you're out there listening on Spotify, Google, Apple, any place you can get a po- my podcast episode on or hear it, if you could please hit the like or subscribe button, I really do appreciate that a lot. So today in this first, uh, st- the first part of this episode, I was going to talk about breakdown the start of the Alderman uh, Shanita uh, Lewis trial. Everyone knows he's a, the Milwaukee Alderman, who Alder woman who's up for trial for four felony counts for theft, embezzlement, falsified campaign r- reports, uh, and also one misdemeanor charge. The last time I mentioned this, ep- uh, talked about this a little while ago in one of my episodes. Uh, she was uh, about to go for a uh, trial or start trial for a uh, conference hearing scheduling for November 24th, uh, about a month ago almost. And unfortunately, I was not able to get any further information on- online about what's the status of the trial, how things are progressing. Uh, I can tell you that I think that she will, she will not, she will not get convicted for these charges. I think she's going to be, she, they're going to give her plea deal where she's going to, she's going to give up some individuals or tell in the, or mention individuals who, who are part of this, um, the, uh, I guess you could say these uh, these charges also, what she did with the campaign finance, falsifying campaign finance reports. And I think that alone is going to get her off. She might get a slap on the wrist, maybe a um, uh, maybe a misdemeanor. She might get evicted for a misdemeanor, but not for felonies. I don't see her serving any prison time. Uh, I do think she might get a small little fine, too, to pay. And um, I think she's still going to be an auto woman. Now, for the committees that she was taken off by uh, Cavalier, uh, Cavalier Johnson, who took off the committees that she was on when his first, these charges first came down in September of this year, I think she's not going to be able to really get back on those committees. It's going to be hard for her to get back in the committees that she was on because it's, it's going to really be a, a cloud over her. She's still going to be an older woman. She's, still, she's probably going to run again for 2024, more likely, in Milwaukee. And as long as she does, she does any, nothing else, she'll probably get um, reelected again. Now, in terms of her um, impact on her running for a U.S. Senate seat, I don't believe that she's going to stay in the U.S. Senate race. I'm actually surprised she has not dropped out of the race now considering the fact she's focusing on this trial. And a lot of resources and time and money she's paying for her defense. But I do think she's going to end up dropping out at some point early next year, 2022. And I think she's going to, she's not going to make it to the full primary. She's going to drop out before that. She's not going to make it to, obviously, to the, uh, to the general election for U.S. Senate. Just my personal opinion. I think she's got a lot to do to make up, uh, to really uh, mend fences with uh, her constituents and her district and also the uh, public as a whole because this adds another black eye to elected officials, especially elected officials here in the city of Milwaukee or Wisconsin or locally and nationally too, and that people think that they're not doing the will of the people and not doing what they should be doing, and they they using the money to, for misappropriations to benefit their own pockets. And she's going to have to do a lot to repair this image to get to gain people's trust back again. And she is, she's made a mistake. She's uh, repented from it. And she's willing to move forward and do the right thing and do what she got elected to do. And that's to serve the will of the people. So that's, she's going to do a, have to do a lot of work to repair that this upcoming year in 2022. So next segment, as I want to go over the upcoming Wisconsin governor's race, for next year, 2022, which is right now, it's going to be, it's like it's a pretty crowded race on the Democratic side. 
You have Edmund uh, Hugh C., who was a former alderman of Sheboygan, running against our for our current and incumbent governor, uh, current incumbent governor uh, Tony Evers. That's the only one that's running against him on the Democratic side. The Republican side has got a little bit more of a crowded field. Rebecca Clayfish, who announced he's running the former lieutenant governor, is head of the list. You have Jonathan Wickman, who's a businessman. James Kellner. Adam Fisher, who's a police officer and businessman. Another person that's filed for his, uh, filed has also been, um, has been uh, uh, Leonard Lawson Jr. One of the individuals that shows public interest, uh, a gentleman I went to high school with, Kevin Nicholson, I, I me and him went to high school together at Homestead High School in Mequon, Wisconsin. Like I said, Kevin Nicholson has is, is, is shown interest uh, in following a race. He has not decided if he's going to run for the race officially or not, but he's a local businessman, and also he ran for the U.S. Senate seat in, uh, unsuccessfully in 2018. Uh, so this, these are potential individuals, I believe, that are either are in the race on the Republican side or who might also join join the field to go against our current incumbent governor, Tony Evers. Now, one of the things that Evers' campaign has, uh, they have another thing that's, that's, that's going to be kind of an uphill battle for him, I believe, is that Mandela Barnes decided he decided he's going to run for lieutenant governor. No, he decided he was going to run for the U.S. Senate race against Ron Johnson. So that leaves a vacancy for the U.S. for the uh, lieutenant governor's spot. State Senator Lena Teller, State Representative David Bowens, and plus a couple of the individuals are running for lieutenant governor's seat. So whoever gets out of the lieutenant governor's seat will hopefully should be a strong enough candidate to give Tony Evers a strong enough uh, strong enough uh, boost in the arm to help him to get reelected because right now. I'm not saying he's going to not get reelected, but it's looking it's going to be a it's going to be a tough race, I think, because Rebecca Clayfish, out of all of them, has got the most recon- re- visibility for the fact that she was former lieutenant governor with Scott Walker for eight years, two terms. So she knows the inner workers of Madison, and she's she's a, per- a prohibitive favorite to get the nomination right now. On the Republican side, it could change as we move along to the primary season later on this year, this summer. But I think that if Tony Evers can get whoever comes out of the lieutenant governor race who's a strong candidate to be um, to be lieutenant governor uh, for Tony Evers, it's going to make him his, his candidacy even better and even stronger. It's going to be very important to maintain Milwaukee County, Dane County, counties up north, up north in the mid part of the state and out in the southwest that went Democratic last time when he won over Scott Walker in a close decision in 2018. These counties and these areas have to come through for Tony Evers again if he wants to be, be reelected as governor. If he loses one of these areas that went that went blue or went democrat went democratic last time, he could potentially not get reelected. Not trying to put fear in anybody who's a Tony Evers supporter or Democrats out there, but he's got to make sure he main, he maintains what he did last time, even pick up another, maybe another county or two that he doesn't is not expected to win to maintain to be governor and to get reelected again, my personal opinion. So, this is a race you definitely want to watch out for. Another race, as I mentioned before, but uh, Ron Johnson, who has not decided to run for governor, who has not decided to run again for U.S. Senate Senate seat or not, he's not made a decision yet. If he's going to run for re-election, like I mentioned, you got Mandela Barnes running for uh, U.S. Senate and uh, Santia Lewis, and there's a bunch of the Democrats who are I can't remember names right now who are running for the uh, U.S. Senate seat, and now that's a, these are two seats you want to races you really want to watch for on a national level and state level too. Now for the U.S. Senate race, I believe that Ron Johnson will run again 
And I only say that because if he was not going to run again for U.S. Senate, he already would have made that decision by now. I think he's got a lot of support, a lot of money, a lot of donors and backers who got big pockets to, to support him. I do think we need, I think if a strong enough candidate can come out from the Democratic field that can carry enough support and widespread support throughout the whole state of Wisconsin, this could be opportunity that he can might he might lose and not get reelected for a third term. I think, unfortunately, Mandela Barnes, just the fact he doesn't have a, a long enough, extensive, uh, or proven track record of, of signing any legislation into law when he was a U.S. representative and lieutenant governor, I think he's not going to get he's not going to get the nomination. I think Satya Lewis is going to drop out of the race, like I mentioned before. But I think that someone who's going to get the nomination is somebody who's got widespread appeal. I think who can reach all demographics, white, black, Hispanic, and all through all the whole state of Wisconsin. Not saying that Mandela Barnes can't get that appeal, being a lieutenant governor, but I think he doesn't have enough, uh, enough under, his, under his belt to be able to say, hey, I could be a U.S. senator to get, get nominated and also win the U.S. Senate seat. So this is big stakes here. So I really believe that it's going to take, that's the only way you're going to beat Ron Johnson is get a strong enough candidate that's got wide, wide enough appeal throughout the whole state of Wisconsin in order for that person to win that that's going to be a very close race too for U.S. Senate seat. If Ron Johnson does decide to run again, like I believe he he will, if he doesn't run again for re-election, then that's going to make, it's going to change the game totally, and it's going to be more of a wild card situation, I believe. But let's keep an eye on that and monitor these two races as we move along and throughout the upcoming year, 2022. And finally, my final segment is that, but the U.S. Senate race and also the governor race and also other governor races too for 2022. Depending on how the outcome of these races are, if Republicans, if enough Republicans, if they win their seats for governor races and also U.S. Senate races and state representative races and also uh, House of the Congressional seats throughout the country, this could be, it could set the Republicans up for a strong showing for the presidential, presidential election whoever gets nominated for 2024. If the Democrats come through and they do very well in most of these, these races and Draw at least keep maintain their seats or win some more seats that they not did not win before in the midterm elections and also pick up pick up some governor seats and flip them from blue from red flip them from being flip them from being red to blue. Then I think it's going to be it's going to bode well for either Joe Biden whoever running running for president on the Democratic side in twenty twenty four and also for the party. But this year in twenty twenty two, it's going to be a very interesting situation how things going to go. We're still in the midst of the virus. And I like in 2022 or, or 2020, a lot of campaigns were not fully staffed like they were with people being on offices. Like you normally have people in off, like offices campaigning like that, canvassing, not at the same level. I think next year for 20, this upcoming year, 2022, we're going to go back to what things were like in 18, not fully, but closer to what it was in 2020. So you're going to see, I think you're going to see more people come out to actually vote in person compared to 2020, which we had a large number of people, especially for the U.S. presidential election last time, 2020, who voted by mail. You're going to still see people vote by, by mail in a good percentage. But like I said, I do think that more people are going to come out and actually vote in person compared to 2020. Just my personal take. So, with that being said, uh, thank you again for listening to another episode of uh, the Daryl Smith Podcast Show. And until then, until we talk again next time, Everyone out there, take it easy, be safe, and I'm out.